So how are you? You blessed? Amen. God is good. It's getting cooler now. It's not as hot as it used to be. So I brought up the long sleeve, short sleeve shirt today um, because I thought, yeah, it's time. Let's get it going, God. Let's, let's get the degrees down. So I'm just so blessed. I just kind of wanted to share with you. Um, sometimes, you know, we kind of let things just pass by and almost become routine uh, when, it, when it comes to church. Amen. So uh, I don't know. Did you guys enjoy the lifestyle uh, series if, for those of you that came? And um, I just, you know, I wanted to acknowledge that God is doing something. I know sometimes when we see someone come up here and give the word, and we might know them personally. Um, you know, we, we got to understand that God is speaking through them in that moment. They might be, you know, the friend or the homie, right? Like we know them. But God is using them in that moment to release a word. And so we ought to take that serious and really receive that word and then um, put it to practice. Amen. And so uh, the same with the worship, you know, like we, we're all family, we're all friends. But when you know, they're ministering and God is using them. Like, let's take that. Let's take that opportunity to engage with the Lord in, in those moments. Amen. So um, I just really enjoyed uh, that series. It was it was amazing. Um, I received myself. I got to like not preach for a whole month, pretty much. <laughs> so it was really good. But now we're back. Amen. So uh, I want to talk to you today uh, about something that I entitled Supreme. And Paul is writing to the church of Colossians, and he is attempting to describe the supremacy of Christ. And Jesus Christ is supreme above all. Amen? Name above all names. Uh, Not that the Father and the Holy Spirit are not or less supreme. Just today, we're talking about Christ. Amen? Amen? They're all supreme. They're all one anyway. When we acknowledge Jesus, the Father is happy. When we acknowledge the Holy Spirit, the Father is happy. It's just all one big happy family. Amen? So that when we celebrate somebody, for example, that that was a good, amazing word, or God used you amazingly, or happy birthday, I don't know, whatever we're acknowledging the person for, we're all celebrating together. Amen? Amen. So we want to talk about the supremacy of Christ. And I'll get into why it's just Christ and not Jesus Christ, okay? Although they're the same person, but specifically today, Christ, supremacy of Christ. Um, other beliefs were starting to rise up during the time when Paul wrote this. Uh, I've talked to you guys about uh, the, Gnostic, the Gnostics, Gnosticism, uh, like mystics and spiritualists. Basically, they said, the more you know, the more saved you are. It's not about God's grace and like what Jesus did on the cross. It's the more enlightened you are, right, with knowledge, the more you are like God, which is false. That comes from the Garden of Eden. I wish I could get into this right now. I can't. That's not the messages, but just really quick. It comes from the Garden of Eden. And uh, when, when uh, the snake told Eve, if you eat off this fruit, you will be like God. And he was, what he was saying is your eyes will be open, but those in, in the direction where they shouldn't be open to. And so the Gnostics believed that Lucifer was good, that Jehovah was bad, and everything that Jehovah created was bad. And so Lucifer was the hero in bringing light to Adam and Eve. Are you with me so far? 
I know it's weird because we don't believe none of that. Amen. Um, and so all these stuff started popping up. Like they kept saying, like, Jesus is, you know, he's just like a good teacher. And like he got to the uh, like the knowledge of self all the way to the top. And that's why he did all those miracles and blah, blah, blah. But we know those are lies. He is Christ. He is God. Amen. So let's go to Colossians chapter one. One of my favorite books uh, besides all the rest of them. Like Romans and Ephesians and the, the rest of the Bible. I love the Bible. Uh, chapter 1, Colossians 1, verse 15. Let me know when you have it. Just loud amen. I need you to talk back to me today, okay? All right. So uh, you're there or are you saying amen to talk back to me? I got lost. All right, amen. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, really uh, important there, thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth. By means of Christ's blood on the cross. Can we give God a hand for showing us? About Christ, can you open this for me? Um, I brought my little bottle this today for water. Excuse me. So we're going to boast on Christ today, amen? Can we just boast on him? Can we just, you know, say how good he is, how amazing he is? He is the visible image of God. Supreme over all creation. Jesus is... Jesus the Christ is the earthly representation of the invisible God. Not what he looks like, because we don't know what he looks like. So those pictures you see on the internet and on television, that's not Jesus. Amen? You're like, oh man, I thought that was Jesus. That's not Christ. What it's talking about here, that Christ is the visible image of the invisible God, meaning that Christ has all the attributes, characteristics that God has because he is God. He was, is, and is to come. He is the visible image of God. He was walking on earth as God and as man, but he was the visible image. He said, you see me You've seen the Father. Amen? The visible image. The expression of the Father here on earth. Doing the will of him who sent him from heaven. 
just walking around, God walking around on earth, just walking around, talking, eating, right? The human nature and the divine nature in one person called Christ. When you see Jesus, when you see Jesus, us here today, we see Jesus. We don't see a a physical image, although you might have visions and things like that. I've seen his sandal. That's all I've seen. Amen. I had a a weird experience one time where, you know, that between sleep and awake, what sometimes scary things happen. Well, this time it was good. All right. Because I've had scary things happen between those times, too, where you can't move. And amen. You with me? And you're just like Jesus in your mind, but you can't like say it. Okay, but this time it was good. I was laying down. I saw uh, it was sleep, awake, and and I still got scared though, by the way, because it's still Christ, right? It's still Jesus, all powerful, all good. I saw the sandal and I was like, oh my gosh, what did I just see? Is that an angel, Jesus? I I just say, that's Jesus, amen? So he is the visible image of the invisible God, supreme over all creation. Because you look like what you belong to. See, Jesus knew that he belonged to the Father. He knew that he he belonged to the Father that had sent him. So he knew who he belonged to. And therefore, he looked like the person he belonged to. And then when you figure out who you belong to, you behave the way that they behave. You behave you, you, You behave from who you belong to. Who you feel you belong to. And we belong to him. Amen. We belong to Christ, and so we can behave and be Christ-like. And that's who Jesus was walking on earth. He was, everywhere he went, it was like, wow. People would be shocked, like, how come he speaks with such authority? How come, how come he can talk to the wind and, and talk to the mountains and, and talk to the blind and, and for the eyes to see? How can he do that? Because he was the visible image of the invisible God walking What you belong to is how you behave. What image do you portray? Do you portray the image of Christ? Because Christ is your Savior, amen? Christ is your God. We have to do that. We have to portray the image of God. I want to say this. Jesus is his name. Christ is his function. Amen? It's not his last name. Jesus Christ, that's not his last name. It's Jesus is his name. Okay, Christ is his function. Really, we should be saying Jesus, the Christ, because Christ means anointed one. Christ means chosen one. He is Jesus, the chosen one. Jesus, the Christ. That's really important because in this whole passage, Paul doesn't say Jesus. Although we know it's the same person, but he wants to he wants to signify that he's talking about the function of Jesus, the Christ, the chosen one. The anointed one. Amen? Like, I'm not Mario the husband, right? That's not my name. You guys know my name, but my function, one of them is husband, right? Pastor, you know, awesome guy. Like, whatever you want to put there. But Christ is his function, not his name. Uh, uh, Christ, the chosen one, the anointed one. So what else is he? We're boasting on Jesus. He is creator. Amen. God through him, it says, let's read it. Verse 16, I believe. And this is, I wish I could spend time on just this part, but for through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see 
and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He creates the heavens and the earth, the things we can see and the things we cannot see. Can you imagine that? God creating through the Christ, through the anointed one, through the chosen one, him being the creative one. I remember uh, Cynthia said in her, her lifestyle that God, before God was anything, he was creator. He was creating and he creates things with purpose. Amen. You are created by Jesus the Christ. You are created by the Christ with a purpose. You're not created just to, to live, to go to work and to, and to die one day you're created with a purpose with significance God has called you with a personal purpose in life so that you can accomplish bringing his kingdom into earth you have been called for something in your life there's gifts in you that God wants to use because he created you with purpose amen, amen. he created you with such purpose he's the creator always creating always being strange but creative like like he put mud on someone's eyes that couldn't see do you understand like he covered with mud someone that couldn't see like like if i put mud on your eyes right i don't think you're getting if i put mud on your eyes right now it's not gonna make you see more But he takes what he knows creatively to do a creative miracle, puts mud on someone's eyes and has them see. Because he is creator. Do you believe that he's creator? You gave me purpose, God. I don't just live to to drive on the freeway and go to work and come home and and try to do life a little bit. I I don't just have a life like that. That's just mundane and routine. You created me with purpose, God. You created me with significance. I'm around the people that I'm around because, God, you created me to bring your kingdom to, to talk to them about you because you gave me purpose. You gave me purpose to change this world. Do you guys dream like that? I dream of changing the masses. Is that weird? Is that weird to you? I hope not. I, I, I dream of, of, of people just coming to Christ in the multitudes. Amen. Why not? Because he gave us purpose to dream. Abraham had visions and and, and God spoke to him of, of, of the nations that would come after him through him. Did Abraham see these things? No, but he did. He didn't see them, but he did. Through what Carlos was talking about last week, faith. He saw them through faith. God, you know, where you're sitting at right now, I hope that your heart is open to this message. God wants to tell you today that you were created with a specific, personal purpose. Yes, as a collective, as a body of Christ, we do have a mission, yes. But you as an individual, have God has given you a specific, personal purpose. He wants to tell you if you don't know. Like He's, he's hungry to tell you if you don't know. That's the Christ, the creator. What else? 
He is eternal. Christ is eternal. Let's read it. By the way, he created thrones and kingdoms and rulers. Whoa, that's like other dimensions. We're not going to go there right now. He existed before anything else. Say anything else. And he holds all creation together. Holds everything in place. Scientists may call it gravity. I call it Christ. He holds everything, planets, you know, the sun, the stars. You in his kingdom holds you in place. What are you worried about? What are we worried about? What, why are we doubtful? Why are we trying to strategize? You know, why, what's happening? We don't understand that Christ is eternal and holds everything in place. Meaning where he is at, there is no space. There is no time. He knows the beginning of your life. And he knows the middle of your life. He knows the end of your life. And he sees goodness in your life. So if you're worried... If you're worried about finances, about family, if you're worried about, uh, about a spouse, about children, know that the eternal Christ holds you because he created you with purpose and he holds all creation in him. I'm boasting about Jesus. He is supreme. Can you say supreme? Supreme. He is supreme. Supreme king. And guess what? He's my father too. He's my papa. He is supreme king, lord of lords, and I get to call him dad. Now not hear me. If he holds you, what can shake you? If he holds you, what can shake you? How oh, we were at uh, Chinatown yesterday. I don't know, just random. Seriously, we were like at home, let's just go to this place. And we went to one place first, and it's kind of weird over there and dark. And saw some guy, and I was like, you know, let's go somewhere else. And then we went to Chinatown, like just randomly. And uh, <laughs> there's like some bars there and stuff. And honestly, it's pretty empty and dead. It was boring. And uh, some guy walks out of one bar, and he just like cusses a storm. And, Ah, you know, and I'm like, oh, my God, are they fighting in there? (laughs) And the other friends like, I told you they were going to lose, man. They're talking about the Dodgers, right? And I'm like, oh, my God, this guy, his world was falling apart. I'm over here thinking somebody like, you know, I don't want to say, but something happened. If he holds you, what can shake you? Christ, I'm talking about Christ, the eternal. What else does he say? He says in verse... 18. Let's read that part. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. Romans 8.29 says that he's raising us up to be like his son because he is, he is the first from his brothers and sisters. The older brother. Here he's saying that he's the head of the church. He holds the body together. He is in charge. Amen. He's in charge of the growth. He protects her. He serves her, covers her. He leads her. He is the head of the church. Amen. Him. He's the pastor of pastors, 
the apostle of apostles, the prophet of prophets, the teacher of teachers, the evangelist of evangelists. Oh, yeah, he's an evangelist preaching in the Middle East, appearing to people in dreams and visions. He is head of the church because you can't lead a church if you're not the example first. Y'all didn't hear me. You can't lead a group if you're not the example first. I thought I would hear more amens than that, but you can't lead a group if you're not the example first. He is the head of the church, leading the pack, showing us how to do. Hey, come here. Look, you can do this and greater. Christ, the head of the church. The body cannot function without the head. He is the head. We don't need a middleman. We don't need a middleman. He's right there. Direct, connect. Amen? Directly, connection. You don't need, uh, who can I, he's there. He's there with you. He's the head of the church. You know how sometimes you can't talk to the pastor because he's busy? Well, we'll talk to the head of the church. Talk to the head of the church. He's right there. He's better than the pastor. Yeah, and I'm the pastor. He protects the church. He loves the church. Amen? You think, like, you think God is disappointed, like, when, the, when someone in the church messes up? That we are. I can't believe they did that. I cannot believe. I thought it was all good. Can you believe that? Did you hear what happened? Jesus is like, man, they're good. I'm the head. Don't trip. I'm the head of the church. Why are you worried? I'm the head of the church. All right, let's go. Let's keep going. Verse 19. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. I'm done. I'm not really done. I mean, I'm done. The entirety of God was and is in Christ. Because he is God. He walked here on earth as a human, full of God. You know what's the other trippy part? That Philippians chapter 2 says that he decided to put his godliness aside and walk on earth as a human, having faith, filled with the Spirit, so he can show us how to do it. That's why I'm done. Because he actually knew that he was full of God. When everyone around him didn't and wasn't. But he decided to show these folks I'm going to put it to the side and I'm going to walk in faith so that my children can know how to do this. That's why. That's why this part's important. He was not just a good teacher, right? He was not just simply a man. He had the fullness of God in him. The fullness of God walking earth to connect us to heaven. He became a son so that he would be father to many. He was full of God, full of the desire of the Father, full of the will of the Father, full of the intention of the Father. Are you with me? Verse 20 is probably my favorite. This is also something that Christ is. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. 
No longer, I like to read this to you, no longer was the sin of Adam of high value, but the sacrifice of Jesus became the priceless final move of God to end any separation that was left. No longer was the sin of Adam of high value, but the sacrifice of Jesus became the priceless final move of God to end any separation that was left. He came to earth, died on the cross to bring peace, to bring reconciliation to heaven and earth. His grace became available to know him is eternal life. He brought peace between heaven and earth. He is the great reconciler of heaven and earth. Listen, his friends in heaven can now be friends with his friends on earth. Yeah? Amen? His friends, the angels, those guys can now be friends with his friends on earth, with his children. Because he is supreme. We're just talking about Christ. We're boasting on him. He is supreme. Amen? He is supreme. The image of the invisible God. Creator of all creation, seen and unseen. Eternal. He was here before everything. The head of the church. Fullness of God lived in him. Heaven and earth reconciled through him for God. And his work continues today. This is the the Christ that we know as our Savior. He's not just some guy, not just some man, not, not just some prophet, some good teacher. He is the Christ, the chosen one, the anointed one, our Savior and Lord. And then he decides to do something really special. You ready? You ready? All right. Let's go to verse 26 in the same chapter. Father, guide us, Lord. You ready? This message was kept secret for centuries and generations past. But now... It has been revealed to God's people. For God wanted them to know, grace and love church to know, that the riches and glory of Christ are for you also. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The Christ that we just talked about decided to live in you. He has made his home in you. Jesus didn't come to die just to get you to heaven. He came to put heaven in you. Christ came to make a home in you. Yes, the image of the invisible God, creator, the the eternal, the head of the church, the fullness of God lives in you, lives in me. The Christ, supreme king, Christ lives in you. Amen. He says it's a secret, but it's a secret no longer. Christ made a home in you. Now, we forget this, though. We forget this because 
We walk through life and things affect us so much that shouldn't. Because Christ, the one we just talked about, creator, the image, eternal, that one lives in us. The hope of glory. So what is holding you back? Let me ask you a question. What obstacle is bigger than supreme Christ? It's a rhetorical question. What obstacle is bigger than supreme Christ? None. None. What is holding you back? What is what 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 addiction? What what sadness can stand against this supreme Christ? What depression can stand? What what sickness can stand against this supreme Christ? What financial burden can stand against this supreme Christ that lives in you? Amen. He decided to make his home in you and in me. He walked around with his disciples and he did all these amazing things. He said so many amazing things. But the one thing that he did, brothers and sisters, that I want you to capture, the one thing that's above all those things is he died on the cross for you and me. And he resurrected. Why is that so much more important? Because if that doesn't happen, he can't live in you. So in order for him to live in you, that had to happen because he had to get rid of the sin factor. And he did. He gets rid of the sin factor and then makes his home in you. Now you might tell yourself that you're bad, that you're a sinner or, or whatever it might be. In this church is very rare when that happens. Thank God. But if you ever do, if there's ever moments when you think that way, Christ Decided to live in you. And Christ cannot live in a house that has sin in it. Amen? There's no way. You have the potential to fall. But you're no longer bounded by sin. Christ lives in you. So how do you approach life now? Because I hope this message... You take it, like I said, you take it. This is God speaking to all of us. How do we take this Christ that lives in us, who is supreme above all, how do we take this to a Monday and a Tuesday and a Wednesday and so forth? To work, to, to our freeways, how do we, to our politics, how do we approach this world with supreme Christ in us? Well, we do it with the picture that Paul painted in Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 through 20. We become the image representing the Christ here on earth. We, we come with creative ideas to change this world. Right? We live in eternity. We sit in heavenly places with him. We have intimacy with him. So we have eternal lives with him. He is the head, so we have access to the head immediately. We have the fullness of him in us now that we can walk through life with this supreme Christ. And most of all, he reconciled heaven and earth. We have access. Say access. We have access to the resources of heaven. That's how we approach this now. 
you know, you're going to have situations during this very week where this message you're going to have to apply. Things out of your control. And you're going to stand up and say, I have the fullness of Christ. You live with the fullness of Christ, not with the fullness of your issues. You live with the fullness of Christ, not with the fullness of your trials, not with the fullness of your issues, not with the fullness of your tribulations. You live with the fullness of Christ. Yesterday, uh, God spoke to me very clearly about something that I, I want to tell you because as I was meditating with him, he, uh, he, he contrasted something for me so that I can see how sometimes I don't apply this, right? So sometimes when things don't go our way with God, we begin to build a case against God, okay? We start up this little folder, and we say, God didn't come through for me here. We put it in this folder. And then God doesn't come through again. We take it and we put it again in our file called case against God. And all of a sudden, we're building this case against God of what he hasn't done in our lives. And we can't move about life like that because Christ the Supreme lives in us. And he did everything for us already that he needed to do. And he wants to do other things, but we can't build a case against God by the things that don't happen the way we think they should happen. Amen? Another thing that he talked to me about is when we build cases against other people as well, especially brothers and sisters in Christ. Someone does something wrong and we put it in the file, you did something wrong. And we continue to build a case. And now that person may say hi, and you're like, oh, I didn't like that. So you put it in the, in the case file again. <laughs> And you have this stack of this person that says, if they do one more thing, I'm bringing this case over. Stop. This is the Holy Spirit speaking. Please stop building a case against God. Stop building a case against your brothers and sisters because Christ lives in you. Plain and simple. You are full of love. I wrote some stuff down here that you're full of. Full of love, forgiveness, Connection, transformation, peace, joy, intimacy, devotion, eternal life, creativity, generosity, grace, faith, power, so on and so on and so on. Whatever Christ is, is who you are because he lives in you. Our country right now is it's not good times, right? <laughs> the elections, everything, you can look at the news and just think, wow, man, what's happening? I would recommend you stop looking at the news. I'd recommend you start to look at Christ. And pray for this country, of course. Christ is supreme. And he lives in us. We're going to go ahead and pray now. Jesus the Christ, the anointed one, the chosen one, our, our father. We're going to sing a song. And what we're going to do is we're just going to invite the presence of Christ to manifest in this place.
We're going to give him freedom. We've talked about him. He is, he is rejoicing with us. We are coming into the knowledge of knowing who he is and who we are in him. Remember that he is the image of God, creator, eternal. He's the head of the church. Fullness of God is in him. And heaven and earth are reconciled because of him. And the secret that was uncovered by Paul with the inspiration of Holy Spirit is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ, I ask you, Jesus, I ask you to walk amongst your people right now. And as we sing this song, that they would feel your presence and that you would hear their voice and they would hear your voice, God. Thank you for listening to the Grace and Love podcast. We hope you were blessed by this message. If you have a prayer request, we would love to hear from you. Please feel free to contact us. And if you're in the LA area, we would love to meet you. We have services Sundays at 2 p.m. and Fridays at 8 p.m. We are located at 1900 Medford Street, Montebello, California, 90640. Thanks again, and God bless you.